kingdom. So God's wanting me just to share about the kingdom. So if we understand the kingdom, this is more than just coming to church. Say amen to that. This is different than just coming and attending and going, yeah, yeah, I was in church. Okay, I did my uh, deed for today. I was in. This is about living life and finding success in the way that you live. How many know if you walk the way Jesus wants you to walk, you're going to be successful? And so we're going to try to show you those things. And just so that you know, I'm still a student. I'm not up here as like the professor. Oh, I know everything. I'm always learning. And there's some things that I, I did, and God is just like, yes, that's it. And I tapped into the kingdom. It didn't take me too long until I forgot it. You ever, seriously. I mean, it's just life. You're like, how did I do that again? I mean, I, you know, and that kind of thing. So some of this in myself, I'm speaking to myself just so that you know. Um, but we're, we're just so glad that you're here. When we make decisions for the kingdom of God, it increases in your life, and it decreases the enemy's influence in your life. It's, it's crazy how this works. That's why we're going to talk about citizenship. So let's get started. See, Peter had a problem. He's like most of us. He had a, he, he had a problem. He, like so many of us, he needed money. Now, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about money. I don't want you to get freaked out because Jesus talked more about money than he did um, heaven and hell. Money is not evil. It's the love of money. So we need to understand, you can have money. God wants you to be wealthy, but you can't let money have you. So you can't let things take you over. You have to understand that money is a tool. That's what it is. So we're going to talk a little bit about money, but that's not the emphasis of everything here. So, but Peter needed money, and he needed it now, kind of like J.G. Wentworth. I want my money, and I want it now. But he needed it now. So he goes to Jesus. They had taxes to pay, and Peter was a fisherman. And so he left. Now, understanding, Peter left what he did for a living and went to follow Jesus. So he left what he normally did to bring in money. And so now he's depending on Jesus, and that's what he's doing for a living. He's, he dropped everything in following him. But he still, how many knows the government really, all they want is, yeah, never mind, we won't go there. But uh, so he tells Jesus the situation, Matthew seventeen twenty seven. This is Jesus' answer. However, we don't want to offend them. So go down to the lake, throw in a line, open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you'll find a large silver coin. Take it, pay the tax for both of us. Now, Jesus is already revealing, he's starting to reveal the kingdom to Peter and how it can meet all of his needs. And I started hearing this stuff. I hadn't heard it in church world before. You know, I, I've heard misrepresentation, I guess I felt, but just stuff like I didn't understand how it works. So Peter was about to be changed. And I'm telling you, as we reveal citizenship in the kingdom of God, you're going to be changed as well. So the mystery is this. Why did Peter have to go fishing to pay taxes? I mean, you start asking yourself these questions. Pastor Gary would say he'd be a, a spiritual scientist. So you're, you're asking questions. I want to know how this worked. Why did, he, you know, why did he do that? And why was the coin in the fish's mouth? And especially the first fish. So we're going to kind of look at, at some of that. But Peter was what did he do for a living before he met Jesus? He was a fisherman, so he knew how to do that. He could do that with his eyes closed, and he had all the tools to get that accomplished. So we have to look at some other things. And the, the cool thing about that is understanding this. You might say, you know what, Brett, I'm not a fisherman. I'm not this. I'm not that. I don't do HVAC. I don't do plumbing. I don't do... God knows what you do. And what you're good at, he's going to use some things that you'll be able to do. 
Now, I'm going to say that one more time. You're going to be able to do this. You don't have to worry. You're not in competition with your neighbor. You're not in demand of what they do, and I've got, I got to do what they do. If I don't do what they do, this isn't what this is talking about. This is talking about God pulling the gifts that you already have and using them in the kingdom. Mark eleven twenty four, one of our favorite scriptures. I tell you, you can pray for anything. Turn to your neighbor and say anything. If you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. So these events or these things don't happen just to the select few. They can happen for anyone. They can happen for you. It's because of spiritual laws. It wasn't because God just said, you know what, I feel sorry for Brett. I'm going to just bless him today, bless his heart. He's just a good little guy, and I'm just going to help him. God's not doing that. He doesn't work that way. He works by covenant, by his kingdom, and by those laws that that represents. He has laws of operation just like the earth realm does. The laws that govern flight were always there, but we didn't discover them right away. They were in the earth since creation. But we didn't figure it out. We watched birds fly, but we, it'd be great to do that. You've already heard my Superman story. I tried to fly off 15 steps. Now, just so that you know, that theory could have worked had I had enough wind underneath me and the right one of those things. You see those guys jump off the cliffs? Of course, I didn't know any of that then. I had a cape. So anyway, you know, if I could, you know, if I could have tapped into the law of lift, that would have been one thing. But we know that didn't happen. What I'm telling you is the laws that govern flight were already here, but we had to discover them. Once those laws were understood and written down, then they could be, now listen to me, they could be duplicated and done over and over and over again. Once they figured out, oh, that's how that works. Here's how that happened. And they started figuring out the physics of all of that. Anyone on the planet can fly if they apply the laws that govern flight. Are you with me? You don't... Did you catch that? So as long as you know how that works, and you could do that, it's just like if, if my wife is cooking something, and she said, I want you to make it, and she gives me the recipe, if I follow the recipe, I should be able to make just what she gave me. Of course, if you've not seen me bake, that might not be really... <laughs> but the principle is the same. As long as we understand, and we understand, and we have the tools to do that, then we can have that to do. Now, although flight existed, they weren't discovered for thousands of years. So electricity had been in the earth since creation. But if you were back in Jesus' day, and you were back inside, you know, one of those, wherever they stayed, say a cave or wherever, a cabin, a, you know, some kind of a structure of a house, whatever they had, and instead of lighting a candle, you just had a bulb and stuck it in, and they'd be like, because oh! it would be a miracle to them, because the electricity had not been discovered yet. But it was still there, it just hadn't been discovered yet. The laws that govern electricity had not been discovered yet. So to them, it would be a miracle. To us, we would be, that's not a miracle. Because we know how, it, well, you know, we have a basic knowledge of how it works. Some of us, our basic knowledge is I go over to the switch on the wall, I hit that little thing, and the lights come on. That's some of us, our basic knowledge. <laughs> but there are laws that govern the world that we live in. And they can be used by anyone, can be duplicated if you understand electricity. Bill Wyatt is an electrician. I can go to Bill. He knows a lot more about electric than I do. 
I don't know really too much about anything. I can replace something. And this is, you know, my, here's my theory. Guys, you can be with me. I put the other one back on the way I took the old one off. If there's three wires, that's what I look, okay, where do those wires go? Because that's all I, do I really understand all that? I know that black is usually ground. I know this one's hot. I know this one, and so I, but Bill knows all why and where. But if he knows that, I can say, Bill, I need electric over here. He can duplicate that and make electric go over there. There's guys that put electric in the girls' and boys' bathroom, put it by a switch instead of by the breaker. So you don't have to get in the church office now, operates by a switch. I really don't understand that, but they know how that works so they can run that line and make that work. Are we together? Okay. There are laws that govern the kingdom of God, just like there are physical laws that govern the earth. They do not change. The laws that govern the kingdom, they do not change. The laws that govern electricity or gravity or whatever, they do not change. You can discover laws, you cannot change them. 2 Peter 1.3, by His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. In other words, when we get saved, God has given us everything we need. He's already established it. Mallory said it so well today, and you've heard me say it. We are, we are standing from victory, not for victory. It's already been won. These things have already been discovered for you so that you can use them and live the way God wants you to live in this life. Peter says we already have access to what we need to live a successful life. Through the kingdom, through the knowledge of Him, of Christ, knowing that we've got Jesus and His kingdom and how His kingdom functions. I had a guy tell me this one time. Sad for him. He said, listen, if you're getting chased by a state trooper, make it to the city. He, can't, he has no jurisdiction in the city. That didn't work out for him too well. He just thought once he hit the city limits, he's police, city police property, and the state, he can't do anything. No, he got a ticket. State, he just, sorry, those blue lights stop you anywhere, not just Kmart. So I'm just saying, electricity has been here since the earth began. We can enjoy its benefits because somebody has discovered that and the knowledge of how that works. So if we can do that, we can learn the laws of the kingdom of God in the same way, not as electricity, but that same principle. They don't change, but if I learn how they work, they can be duplicated. Say amen to that. There's so many of us that are so close to a breakthrough. We're so close to having an answer, and we give up. Because the enemy is so good at getting us distracted or getting us discouraged or getting us whatever he needs to get us off track of kingdom living. We have to try to convince God of what we need. We start the begging. We start all of that. God and all of that. And that's not how it works. God has already done that and it functions and operates through spiritual laws. He's already given us those answers. We have to take the time to walk it out. It's going to take commitment and action on your part. There, there isn't a, a, a fairy angel that comes down with a magic wand and turns your pumpkin into the coach and your, your mean neighbors into the mice or the... <laughs> okay, maybe you don't have mean neighbors. I have good neighbors, so that's good. 
What I'm telling you is, it is something that we must put our hand to, and we must walk in our belief system in. It operates through spiritual laws. And, and again, people just think, well, if I can get God to feel sorry for me, if I can get God to kind of look my way, then, then he'll... But God is saying, listen, I'm already looking your way. I've already loved you. I'm not gonna, I can't love you anymore. I love you to the max. So what I'm asking you to do is understand if we are operating from victory, we don't have to ask for something that we already have. We have to understand how to walk it and how to work that kingdom so that we can do what God wants us to do. I would say to you that most Christians are living below where they need to be because we don't understand how the kingdom operates. Now, they're still going to heaven. But I think there's got to be an element. And, you know, Pastor Kim and I are, are saying, I'm not saying we have it all. We don't. We're getting there. We're understanding it and walking more and more in it. But I'm saying, I, I think there's got to be something here that is better than just when we get to he- I mean, when we get to heaven, there's nothing better than that. Obviously, but I mean, are we supposed to live here broke, busted, disgusted, and just in anguish and pain and poverty and just like, oh, I just can't wait until Jesus comes? Who wants to live like that? I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck. I want to live so that God, if you want to bless me, you tell me what to do with it. Because money is not just for you to go. (laughs) Money is to help mankind, to help others. It's to help you, and you can live better, yes, but it's also to help those and show them how good God is. I believe that so many Christians, their testimony is weak because people don't see the goodness of God. They don't see much difference between the world and those that know Christ. I'm just saying this kingdom, God wants us to have as it is in heaven here on earth. So then why isn't that happening? It's because we're not looking to him understanding the kingdom. When Jesus went to the cross, he paid for everything that we need. 2,000 years, everything you need, financially, physically, mentally, socially, whatever it is, Jesus already paid for it. You are looking from victory, not for it. It's already been won for you. It's now the enemy is trying to stop you from seeing the path. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 7, and 10. When you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered because of their repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, God already knows what you need. But we have to start applying that so that we can walk differently. And so that we can start saying, oh, are you kidding me? That's how that works? What if I could show you in these next several weeks, uncovering and discovering kingdom citizenship that you could, you could apply. You could apply. Help me, Jesus. You could apply and watch it work and know that when you apply it, it is a law, it will work. God already knows what you need, but he is bound by his word. You need to understand that. He has to work through people who have legal dominion over the earth realm. And that's something we have to understand. We just think God is sovereign, and God is sovereign. But God, because of his word, has to work through people 
that have accepted His Son as their Lord and Savior, and, and He has given them authority to have dominion in their sphere, in their realm. God gave authority to Adam. Satan, by deception, got it from Adam. Jesus took it back from the enemy at Calvary. Gave it back to you and me. Listen to this. The will of heaven can't come into the earth without a man or woman giving God the legality he needs to move in the earth realm. Did you catch it? God wants to move inside. He wants to move in your life. He wants to move in your world. But he has to have the legality to do it. When, I, when we pray over offering at the end of the service, it changes kingdoms. I'm going to show you some of that. Some people think, why, the, why do you do that? Because we have authority over what God has put in our hands. And we have words. Words are life. Turn to your neighbor and say, words are life. And when we speak those and we believe that, it changes authority. It changes dominion. It changes legality. It changes kingdom. And Jesus is able to do something. Faith is agreement between heaven and earth. As long as God can find a man or woman that's fully persuaded and what heaven says is right, righteous, God, righteous is, here's a layman's term for righteous, God's way of, right way of doing things. As long as we can go with the right way that God wants us to do, then God has legality and can move through that, through that man or woman and the authority that they have given to God because he's given them the authority so to affect change, we give that back to God. So in any situation, but God needs you. He needs you to work his kingdom. Mark eleven twenty through 23, the next morning they passed by a fig tree and that he had cursed. The disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus said on the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. And Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. See, Peter's blown away by what had happened to the fig tree. Jesus answered by a spiritual law. If a man believes in his heart, speaks with his mouth, and believes what he said, power is released in the earth realm. He said, if you can do that, you're going to release power, anointing, things that God... If you believe what you say... It's God's desire to bless you financially. It is Satan's desire to see you poverty-stricken. In the natural realm, we have things that are fixed. They don't change. We have laws of gravity, laws of electricity. They've figured out physics, expansion with heat. They know how to build metals. They're fixed the same way in the spiritual realm. I can't, I can't tell gravity to do what it does. It just does it. I can't change what gravity does. I don't care who I am. If I jumped off the building, I'm, I'm going to meet the ground really quick because gravity takes over. I can't change the law. And again, I tried it with Superman. Didn't work out too well. About the fifth step, I realized I'm not flying, at least not the way I like. <laughs> See, Jesus was saying in Matthew to seek first the kingdom. Not only put God first, but understand the laws of the kingdom. And if we could do that, we'll see an amazing result. 
Again, I believe we don't live that way because we don't understand how they operate. If we did, we would live differently. A law is a principle. A principle is a foundation of a supporting system based on a predictable circumstance of an act. And it works the same way every time. You put these wires together, you do this connection, and we have electricity. I'm trying. But that's how that works. If we do that, we duplicate it. That's how it works. That's how it is. I can't change that. Law of gravity works the same every time. So the only way that we cannot do gravity, or at least it's still working, we have to supersede it with the law of lift. But when we don't understand something, it scares us. Humans get scared at what they don't understand. We don't, you know, I mean, if you think about it, a 747 weighing I don't know how many tons, how can that fly? But they've understood that law of lift, so it can fly because it supersedes the law of gravity. It's a law. When that reaches a certain speed and the wind goes over those wings and those little flaps in the back or whatever, it's going to fly. And because we understand that, when we go to the airport, my mama took me to the airport when I was a kid just to watch planes land and, and take off. I never understood that, but now I'm looking at this lesson, I'm thinking, oh, that was pretty cool, because it was pretty amazing. It's like, if you, you know, seeing something that big just go down the runway, and then I, I remember holding my ears, and it goes up in the air. And I'm like, that was the only reason. I don't think we went there to drop anybody off or pick anybody up. I think she just wanted to show me, that's a plane. <laughs> I don't know. I, ever been to SeaWorld? Anybody? I've seen Shamu come out of the water on TV, but when I was in the splash row with Kim, and she, she was pregnant with Mao, I think. <laughs> and so I think the whale said, hmm, there, there she is. <laughs> that, that whale came out of the water. Our mouths were like, and it hit the water again. We got wet. But it was incredible to see that. You see, we, we, we see things, and if we don't understand them, we kind of like, we back away from that. But there are laws. Now, I'm not talking about Shamu's the law. I'm talking about the plane. But <laughs> Now, Jesus is preaching on the shore, and he's talking about increase. The people are wanting him to speak, and he asked Peter for the use of his boat. Now, Peter has been fishing how long? In this particular story, he's been fishing all night. He's been fishing all night, trying to, you know, I, I, this is what I imagine Peter's doing. Since he dropped everything to follow Jesus, he's probably like, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get some income in here. So here's some time I've got. So he's fishing all night, and he doesn't catch anything. But Peter says, can I use your boat? And he starts teaching. And after he's done teaching, he says, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. And Peter does just what we do. Jesus, love you. We've been fishing how long? All night. We haven't caught anything. This is what I do for a living. But he says, nevertheless, if that's what you want, I'm going to do it. Sometimes, does God ever ask you to do something and you're like, I'm not really catching that. But if you want me to do it, I'll do it. So he does. And this is what happens. He launched out, they caught a net-breaking, boat-sinking load of fish, so much that James and John had to bring their boats over, and those boats about sunk. And Peter is shocked. He's like, 
And if you and the story goes, he looks at Jesus and Jesus looks at him. So Jesus is looking at him. And I imagine, have you ever had your mother give you the look? You're, you know, a mama can give you, she can look in your soul. I've got the look. You know, she knows. Sam's not here, so let's talk about him. <laughs> Sam, Sam, Sam was telling me something, man, big crocodile tears. I believed every word of it. I was like, oh, bless your heart, man. It's okay, buddy. She stuck her head around the corner and said, he's lying. And I looked, but she knew he was lying. And, of course, that got corrected right away, and that didn't work, because you can fool anybody, but you can't fool mom. Jesus had one of those. He looked at Peter, and Peter said, Lord, just quit looking at me, because I'm a sinful man. And Because he was shocked, because that, that incident told him something with this kingdom is working, and this is bigger than what I've ever seen. But Jesus wasn't shocked at all the fish. Because he knew it would work. You see, if you work the kingdom, the kingdom works. It'll do the same for you as it did for Peter. It'll do it as it did for Jesus. It'll work for you. Now, some of the reason for this, and again, I'm just trying to move quick. Some of the reason is, you know, why did that work then? Why did it multiply? If he'd been fishing there, why did, you know, how did all of those fish come in at one time? When Jesus asked Peter, can I use your boat? And Peter said, yes. Now, check this out. His business... What Peter did for a living now changes because Peter is the authority figure over that business. When, he asked, when Jesus asked to come in and Peter said yes, now Jesus, listen, has legal authority to step in and be able to do things because Peter has allowed him into what he had authority over. Peter could have said, no, no, I don't think so today. I've been fishing all night. I'm kind of tired. Maybe some other time. It is the key and you need to hear it. Think about the things that have developed in the last uh, couple thousand years. Fire, source of heat. And we've got all these other different kinds of heat now. Horses were transportation for the longest time. I'm a cowboy lover. Glenn, rock on. Me and Glenn, we're cowboy guys. Well, I'm telling you, Pilgrim, I love horses. Uh -huh. So, I mean, I, I love cowboys. But there, somebody invented, you know, you know the whole story of the Model T. And somebody said there's a better way to get around. You can get around quicker and this and that. So transportation is picked up. All of that stuff. Thousands of years, people were walking around. They, they did things for ho with horses, pulled their, plowed behind, and then, you know, they got transportation. Now we have tractors and all kinds of things to, for farmers to plow and transportation, buses, planes, trains. Because we didn't know the laws. They were hidden from us. We hadn't discovered them. Jesus said in Mark 4, things that are hidden are meant to be unveiled and discovered by us, the church, by you and I. And so if we discover that stuff, then the glory of God can work in your life and others will see, like, how in the world did that happen? Do you not think anybody else around the seashore was like, what do you have, a, you got a special lure? I mean, anybody ever go to Lake Erie and, you know, when all of it's happening for, you know, their fish and the walleye? Do you know, there's people that if, if one boat's catching them, they're like, what are you using? Because they could be hitting on a red lure with a white whatever, and another guy's got a yellow one. But they're not hitting on the yellow one, they're hitting on the white one and the red one. And so then everybody around you will be pulling out red and white lures and trying to throw it. 
it's a witness to those around us. Why do we think we call things that are not as though they are? That's in Romans. Things aren't always what we physically see. The enemy will try to deceive us in all of the things that are in the Spirit. So, just know, and he's going to use the five cents rule to try to get that done. Some of the reasons they're hidden are so evil men could not find them. Things that people that don't want to walk with God. God has hidden things from you for you. Does that make sense? There's some, there's some great things God wants you to, to get with him. He's going to show you what you can do to discover the kingdom, but he's not putting it out for everybody to see because he wants you to find it. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. We haven't even got to our first point, and here we are, right now. But it's going to move pretty quick. Our first thought, if you won't believe it, you can't receive it. There are people that say the words, they don't believe the words. They just say them. When Jesus corrected people, what did he say to them? He said he could not heal because of their unbelief. The demon didn't leave the boy because of your unbelief. The storm did not stop because of your unbelief. The enemy of your life is unbelief. The Bible says in James, a double-minded man should expect to receive nothing. Double-minded is unbelief. Check this out. Now listen to me. Unbelief in the Bible, I didn't say it, the Bible, unbelief is sin. The only way to get sin out of your life, hear what I'm saying, is to repent. Sin doesn't just go away because you're good. You have to repent. You have to get that covered you have to say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I, I, I made the mistake. I didn't believe you. I'm sorry. You, you repent from that and then change. Go another way. You see, the kingdom we've been raised in, we can see. The kingdom I'm trying to tell you about, you can't see. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. This is a whole other ball game. It's the real kingdom. It's God's kingdom. People think God chooses every day what He's going to do. His will is already written down for you. It's in the book. Why hasn't God done this for me yet? Why hasn't He? Why hasn't this happened? Or why hasn't this? I'm, I gave my tithe, I'm, so I'm waiting on my answer. Here's our second thought. Use your Bible. Here's the truth. God is waiting on you. You have not only the right to know, but God wants you to know His will. As a son or daughter, you can, you know what is, it's written down for you. He's already written his will down in his word. So you know what he'll do and what he won't do. First John five fourteen and 15 says, we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he'll give us what we ask for. You know, when this is talking about he hears us, it's not just about physical hearing like, hey, Brett, yeah, I heard you. What do you need? It's talking about, in a legal sense, like an attorney. So this would be like what Brent would. He'll hear the case. Does that make sense? He's going to not just, he's not talking about just hearing with his ears. He's talking about, I'm going to hear the case now. In other words, I'm involved in it. I'm going to hear what's going on. I'm going to make, uh, I've already made the move on this. You're going to hear my decision on this and act on it. The Bible says he hears us. It doesn't say that he will, he might answer, or maybe. It says we will have those things that you ask for. The kingdom produces 100% of the time, every time. And if it doesn't, 
or you feel it doesn't. It's not that it doesn't. If it doesn't, and I'm living proof of not only how it works, but how I have not let it work. Okay? So just so you know, if it doesn't, then somebody didn't turn the switch on. There's a short circuit somewhere, and it's not God. Somehow there's unbelief working. Maybe the enemy's got his foot in there, got you, you know, where, ah, it's taking too long. And you believe the lie. How many knows the enemy's always lying? If his lips are moving, he's lying. So I'm trying to tell you, it's not God. Now, there could be some things, maybe the timing, I mean, so that could be an issue. Um, doesn't mean it's not happening, just means it might not be time. Could be a principle of how you're operating. Maybe it's just something he's trying to, you know, you, you're just not connecting those dots. But I'm telling you, it's not God. I'm telling you, it's something that we are working on for us. But if you ask God, he'll show you. You've got to spend some time and ask him. The disciples were given authorities to cast out demons, and they got to this one, and they couldn't do it. Jesus said, bring him to me. So if it doesn't work, this is what's happened in the church. That's why there's so many different denominations. We have our own man came up with, well, all demons don't come out. Jesus can only cast out some of them, I guess. Where's that? Well, here's what God, it was just God's will. Is that in the book? I mean, we come up with our own doctrine and we make it because we just don't understand, so we make up one. We've got to get to seek first the kingdom and all his righteousness. We have to discover the kingdom. Now, my daughter's been to Nicaragua. I have never been to Nicaragua. I can't even, I mean, I don't, I sound like just when I say Nicaragua, Nicaragua. If somebody that's been to Nicaragua, they, see, I can't even say it. They'll, they'll call it Nicky or they, they roll their tongue, Nicaragua. I went to Nicaragua, you know, whatever. And, but, you know, if you drop me in Nicaragua, I'm going to struggle because I don't know what's the language they speak there. There you go. I don't know that. All I know is CC, wee, wee. I don't know any of that. So I got to use my hands. I need to eat. You know, you're going you're gonna to survive in a country. If I dropped you in there, you didn't know how that country operated. You'd like, okay, if everybody's wearing this, I probably need to wear that. Uh, so I don't stand out. I need to do this. I need to figure out how to communicate. I need to figure out how to live. That's what I'm trying to tell you in the kingdom. We've just taken the kingdom of God and we just thought, you know what, whatever. And we don't know how to operate in it and we wonder why it doesn't work. It always works. The principles and laws have been there. We just have to work them. We have to apply them. The Bible says we go from glory to glory. You can never reach the end of God because he's never ending. But we can put our hands to speed up the process for things that happen to us. Our society has come up with an entitlement mentality. We want everything handed to us. We don't want to wait for anything. We don't want to work for anything. Give me the easiest route, shortest path of resistance. Some of that is wisdom. I mean, why work harder if you can work smarter? But some of it is just plain flat lazy. I don't want to do any of that. Would you do it for me? So that's what we, you know, we live in that society. But we need to understand in the kingdom, God says he'll bless the work of our hands. If our hands are doing nothing and we're just waiting on God, he's waiting on us in heaven. Math still works the same. Zero, zero, zero. So we have to start putting our faith to work and our hands to work. 
Here's number three. Be obedient. Galatians 4, 1 through 7. Think of it this way. If a father dies, leaves an inheritance to his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set, and that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the, when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that He could adopt us as His very own children. And because we are His children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now, you're no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you're His child, God has made you His heir. If we own the whole estate, how can lack exist? What God is saying right here, if you understand, that's why that scripture is really important. It's just saying we're an heir to the kingdom. What they're talking about is say something happens to someone and the kids don't get the inheritance until they reach 18, let's say. So they're waiting until they reach that time until this inheritance comes to them. That's what that scripture is talking about. So they, you know, right now they're still subject to the guardians. God says you are an heir because of Jesus Christ. So everything in the kingdom that's promised to you or promised from Abraham on is yours as an heir. Well, there's a good place to shout, but I guess you're, oh, that's wonderful. I guess I'm an heir. No, I don't want you to be an airhead. I want you to be an heir. I want you to understand that God has things already there for you. You don't have to live the way you're living if you're struggling so much. What if we could find a way that you're saying, you know what, I just didn't apply the kingdom. It's already been here. I just didn't even know it. I mean, if, if I told you, you know what, and you were in a dark room and you didn't know how elect- electricity worked and you had a lamp and it had a plug and there's a plug there, but you didn't know anything about that plug goes in that wall and that socket and turn the light on. If you didn't know... You know what you'd do? You'd find another way to get your needs met. Because I don't know anything about this lamp. What the heck am I going to do with this? But yet there's a principle hidden in there that you don't know about. I'm trying to get something to you today. If I own the whole estate, how can lack even dare to exist? If we have the whole estate and are sons of God, how can lack be there? Doesn't God know where the fish is and the coin is? Doesn't the Bible say that he is able to call people to certain jobs or occupations? Doesn't it say that he delights in the prosperity of his servants? Doesn't it say that he wants us to prosper and it confirms his covenant? Doesn't he say that he is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom? Doesn't it say that he takes care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field? And how much more he'll even take care of us. They don't labor and he takes care of them. We don't have to labor either. Now listen, you do have to work. There's a difference between running after money and doing what you're supposed to do. I'm not talking about just, oh, I've got to have money, 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 money. I'm not, you know, this isn't that uh, the apprentice joke. Money, 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 money. Money. This isn't about that. This is about saying, you know what, God, I'm going to put my hand to it, but I'm not going to have to labor and toil and sweat just to be like, oh, dear Jesus, and go till the break of dawn to the end of the day just to get down and figure out what's going on. That's part of the curse. Did you know healing is part of the covenant? Oral Roberts, Kenneth Copeland, and the faith movement happened just a century, and they've been persecuted for that. In the 70s, the charismatic renewal broke out and people spoke in tongues. Are you kidding me? That's of the devil. We believe in tongues, by the way, just so that you know. Prosperity message came out and 
rub people the wrong way. Now, granted, sometimes it wasn't promoted well or even taught in the right way. So I, I get it, but some people are just looking for something wrong. People have needs. And there's a way in the Bible to know how to get their needs met. When tragedy strikes, people always pull out the old doctrine. I guess it was God's will. I've done this one. Maybe you have. I've had to repent for it. People say, well, I gave God a chance to do it, and He didn't. You don't give God a chance. Let me just say, if you have a plan B, well, I'm going to do this. And if this doesn't work, I'm going to use MasterCard. You, you might as well just use your MasterCard, because your plan B is your plan A. Because that's where your faith is. If this doesn't work, I got this. Come on. See, this is hard to eat, isn't it? But you need to understand, that's, that's, people will come up and they'll say, Brett, how did this happen? This is because I didn't have a plan B. I have a plan A. God, what do you say? That's good enough for me. How many Peters are in this room? Lord, I, you know, I don't get it. I, I fished all night. But if you say, that's good enough for me. At your word, I'll drop down the net. You see, sometimes I either didn't believe it or I didn't receive it or both. And so I've stopped whatever was coming or I negated it by my words. Faith and confession dictates my life and what I receive and what I believe. And it does yours as well. Remember J. Iris. He went to Jesus and he got to him and his daughter was sick and dying. And finally, you know, Jesus, he got Jesus and and he declared out of his mouth and Jesus said something and they, they had this little conversation. Basically, I'm coming. It's going to be okay. I'm just paraphrasing. And then somebody stopped J. Iris and said, don't bother him anymore. She's already gone. And Jesus stops him. Check this out, man. Jesus stops and says, you need to remember what we said. You can look it up. He said, remember what we talked about. Life is in your mouth. Here's number four. Faith is the law. We only got one more after this. Are you still with me? It's only going to take a couple more minutes. Faith is the law. You cannot violate it. It'll operate every single time. Fear is the opposite of faith. If you're not operating in faith, fear will operate every single time. Fear can operate just like that. The enemy uses fear as his law. Hebrews 11.6, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. It didn't say that faith alone pleases God. It is required. Why? Why does faith please God? And here's the answer. It brings or receives his will into the earth. That's why you need faith. It brings and receives God's will and to the earth, to have dominion so that you could walk by the kingdom. His will is done. That's what pleases him. You see, and people say, Brett, you know what? I, I can't afford to tithe. Listen to me. Listen to me, my brothers and sisters. You can't afford not to tithe. You can say whatever you want. You can tell me I'm being religious. If you're a guest here today, you don't have to give a single penny. If you're not a guest here and you don't want to give, I'm not going to make anybody give. I'm just telling you it's a law, sowing and reaping. I didn't write it. I can't change it. But it is a law. And people say, well, God doesn't need my money. You're misunderstanding this law. This isn't about you getting money to God. It's about God getting blessing to you. 
As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. It is a law. His, deri- his pleasure is derived in blessing you. And when we don't follow the laws of the kingdom, we block His blessing. And He doesn't like that. But yet, because you have the authority to loose it or bind it in your own life, that's what He's looking for. He wants to bless you. But see, we're like, well, on paper, I just talked to, uh, where are you, Tad? I saw you walk in here. Just talked to Tad last week. He goes, this is what he said. And you tell me if I'm telling you. This is what he said. He said, PB, I'm making less than I made before, but we have more than we've ever had before because we started tithing and we started doing it with the right heart. Is that not what you told me? On paper, it might not even like, okay, I don't even understand this. I'm telling you, kingdom living is crazy cool. I mean, you want to live an adventure? Start, just start living for God. I mean, God's, I mean, we've been sitting in services and God says, I want you to give this, you know, and this is a true story. Brett, I want you to give him $100. Okay. So I give him $100. I look down at Kim and she's got the checkbook out and she's writing a check. I said, God already told me. She goes, he told me too. And so she's going to give him a check. Whatever, it's okay, because in kingdom living, I don't have to, listen, I don't have to understand it, I just have to stand under it. I just have to believe, my God shall supply all of my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's not about my riches, it's His. It's His kingdom, and it is His good pleasure for me to be obedient and Him to go, that's my boy. I'm going to bless Him, not because He loves me, He already loves me whether I did it or not. Because I operated a law. I operated in the kingdom, and it has to function, just like electricity has to work. You don't even know how deep this is, but I'm telling you, it's a lot deeper than what you're nodding at me on. This will change your life. All I'm saying is, I know sometimes in in this kind of stuff, your, your mind's going... Just hang with me for the next few weeks, and we'll discover this together. At least, I mean, you're coming to church and actually finding some nuts and bolts. You can apply this. 11, Mark 11, 12 and 14, we're almost finished. The next morning they were leaving Bethany. Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree. He went over to see it. Couldn't find any figs. He said to the tree, no one ever eat of your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. How many knows God doesn't say anything by accident? God doesn't, I don't think God ever went, oops, I shouldn't have said that. Have you ever said anything you wished you wouldn't have said? There's no record of Jesus or God ever doing any of that. So the Bible says they didn't overhear him say it, they heard him say it. He said it on purpose. 11, 20, 24, the next morning, and I'm just going to condense this, they go by, the tree's dead. From the roots up. And Peter says, look, the tree you cursed is withered and died. Jesus said, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. I'd underline that in my Bible. However your Bible says it. I tell you the truth. He's about to, when he says that, verily, verily, if you have a King James, I'm telling, he's about to tell you something 
that you need to make note of. I'll tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up, thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But, if you, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. You can pray for anything. If you believe that you received it, it will be yours. So Peter's just saying, he's repeating to Jesus what he heard. I heard what you said. Man, and it happened just like what you said. But Jesus wasn't amazed because Jesus knew when he said it, he very, every time he said something, he expects that's what he said, that's what's going to happen. So here's our last thought for this morning. Say what you're believing. Say what you're believing for. Jesus is saying how the kingdom operates. He's going to say, I tell you the truth, verily, verily. He's saying, check this out. Pete, squirrel, look over here. So he's trying to get his attention. He says, I want to share something with you. This is the law of the kingdom. This is how you got saved. This is how everything operates in the kingdom. You spoke with your mouth. You believed in your heart. And you did not doubt. You spoke with your mouth. You believed in your heart. And you did not doubt. You spoke with your mouth. You believed in your heart. And you did not doubt. You can curse your life. Or speaks God will into your life. It's a law. It's up to you. You don't like sickness? Quit saying stuff like, well, all the kids are sick. I'm going to be sick as a dog. You just watch and see. Why not? You just ask for it. You say, I'll never be wealthy. Grandpa was never wealthy. My dad was never wealthy. I'll never be wealthy. Well, there you go. I'll never have a house like that. Guess what? You'll never have a house like that and you'll never be wealthy. Life is in your mouth. It's a law. You can't fool your heart. It lives by experience. You must believe what you say. You must believe what you say. You know, we'll be in church and we'll be saying, we're going to say, I want to be debt free. Anybody here want to be debt free? I want to be debt free. And you get home and you see your bills and then you say, you know what? I'm never going to be debt free. Quit saying that. Two hours ago, you were just saying, now it is going to take a process. You're going to have to Put your hand to it, you probably didn't get in debt overnight. So you probably won't get out of debt overnight. Although, I'm not saying that couldn't happen. We've got to watch what we say. If we don't believe what we're saying, it's no different than Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. Your heart determines what you say and what you believe. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's God's decision. He decided to put these things in place so you could live blessed. But you have to use them. That's our part. It's up to us to use them. Primary law of how faith is released in the earth realm, believe in our heart, speak with our mouth, do not doubt. Or speak with your mouth, believe in your heart. You've got to put those in there. Do not doubt. That's how it happens every single time. You've heard the phrase, like father, like son. My son is here today, Zach. He was on the drums today. I've got another son, Sam. That's the guy I was, <laughs> I was razzing about earlier. Um, but they look like me. Good-looking boys. I mean, you know. So, anyway, people will see. I'll go through the checkout at Myers, and there's people there that will go, You know, you, you look like, I said, Zach. Yeah. Like, he's my son. <gasps> this is Zach's dad. We should be resonating the father. 
We should be, when people see us, we are made in the image of God. We should be, they should be like, man, I mean, God is just all over. I just, oh, something about you. I don't know. But we need that spiritual revelation of God. Jesus said, I only do what dad does. Whatever, I, I say what my father says. I do what he tells me to do. That's what I do. Could we not be like that? I think we could if we tried. We were never created to rule from our flesh or our own ability. We were created to rule with our spirit, with God. We're not God, but He wants you to have authority in the area in which you live. Dominion over the earth. And that happens through our words. We're almost finished, guys. Faith is not of your mind. You can know a lot about the Bible. I've got people that can probably quote this book a lot better than me. It's not about what you know. It's about what you believe. Do you really believe it to be true? You can know it, but you've got to believe it. Romans 8, 6 and 8. Your sinful nature can... So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Sinful nature, there's always, it's always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under control of their sinful nature can never please God. Pretty plain. We've got to start living for God. The mind can't release faith. It is in your heart. Not in your head. It is what you really believe inside. Because when we get home, when you're done listening to me today and we're about there, you're going to believe only parts of what you think. Now, hopefully you'll believe all of it. I'm hoping you do. But let's just say, you know, oh, I believe this, but I didn't like that. Grab that book and find it in the book. I'm giving you everything I can give you. But if you believe it and you'll apply it, because that's where everything starts happening. I believe it. Do you have to understand it all? No, but do you have to believe it? Absolutely. Because that's how it, that, it acts by that. Believe it. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith shows the, rea- the reality of what we have hoped for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. We, substance that we're hoping for. The Greek word for hope is confident expectation. The Bible has over 7,000 promises and they're all yes and amen. So remember, God doesn't just say, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless you, I'm not going to bless you. He says, if you just use the kingdom. You already have rights, you're an heir. My kids, when they come over to the house, they don't have to ask me, can I get in the fridge? I expect them to get in the fridge. I don't even think they would ask me, but I expect them to. I mean, if I didn't mark something, I had leftovers, and if I didn't mark it, dads, keep your hands off, it will be gone. My boys would eat the rubber off a tire if it had good salt on it. But I expect them to. I want them to know in Father's house there's plenty. I don't. They eat it, they eat it. It's all good. Because why? I feel like that Doritos commercial. We'll make more. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the good news about Christ. Romans 10, 17. We put that word in our heart. We keep hearing it. My wife is constantly listening to podcasts. All the time when she's getting ready, whatever she's doing. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Why? She's filling that up. She's putting that in. Because when you put the kingdom in, guess what's coming out? Kingdom. It can't help but have an effect. Jesus was on assignment. He knew what he was supposed to do. How about us? God has specific things for you to do. It's time we start tapping into the kingdom. Living God's way. These next several weeks, I hope you join us for this journey because we're going to put these things together. And I promise you, I promise you, as long as you followed the kingdom, the word of God, and walk through these laws, it's going to change your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?